Hello and welcome to another episode of Out in the Open. My name is Dakota Spears and I am your host this afternoon. On Out in the Open, as you know, we are having tough conversations that we should be having at our dinner table, but due to a multitude of different circumstances, we have neglected these conversations. These tough conversations include race, gender, passion, politics, sex, gender. And I have invited some of my closest friends, allies, peers, and hopefully one day some of my enemies to have these conversations with me. These are people that I view have brilliant minds, caring hearts, and are willing to have these conversations. On this episode, I've invited one of my closest friends for a very long time, Christian Fowler, and he and I will attempt to handle the conversation on our loves, passions, where they come from, where and I'll open the floor to Christian. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm super excited to be here. Uh, happy that we were hopefully able to, you know, fix all the technical difficulties, but we're here now. Uh, when I think of podcasts and I think of people that should be doing podcasts, I immediately think of you just of how brilliant of a mind that you have and just an overall genuine, amazing person that you are. So thanks for you are, You are too kind. You had a podcast uh, before. Tell us about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was... Uh, it was a it fun kind of relates. Trip. It relates to our, our loves and passions. So uh, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Uh, smooth Brains is what we called it. Um, not, I'm not sure what inspired the title. Uh, me and a good friend of mine, Ethan, uh, he came up with the name. He just, he said smooth brains. I was like, that's it. That's the one. Uh, so I don't know where he got it from, but it was a conversation we would have over, you know, music, movies, interests, pop culture, whatever was going on in the world that seemed relevant through maybe social media or entertainment. Not really more of like the deep political or social news side, but just like, oh, the happy Look, side exactly <laughs> you so you do not have the podcast anymore due to a couple of different reasons but if you had to record an episode today mm-hmm. what do you think it would be about uh that's a good question uh now the joke was that we weren't a music podcast but we ultimately only really talked about music since music. we since we stopped uh, recording many many different albums that I care about have released since then so that would probably be the number one thing that we would tackle for sure awesome well let's uh, let's dive into the question or the topic of of loves and passions what do you think loves and passions and all of those things come from well something that I'm uh, I've told you, I've told a lot of people, when it comes to loving something, I'm a big believer in love what you love. If you love something, love it endlessly. You know, don't, uh, don't half-ass it, you know, fully commit who it's what you care about. Who cares if, you know, maybe someone doesn't like the things you like, but if you love it, if it makes you happy, go all in. 
because right. it'll make you even happier when you've fully committed to something. Right. One of the things that I admire about you is that you have various loves and passions that are, I mean, I, I would consider, and I'm sure that you would consider them to be unorthodox and that you love them and you're interested in them because of your own personal opinions and personality and everything and not everyone always agrees with it but you still stick to it and you still relate to it and it is a part of who you are and so I really admire that about you yeah I I mean yeah there's a lot of what am I of my interests that are like you said unorthodox you know not everyone's into cannibalism but I enjoy it and <laughs> Uh, no, uh, I do have things that, you know, I have, I'm interested in sports and I'm interested in music and movies and what everything else, everyone else is into, but also like, I like to dive deeper into it or I like to the subcategories connected to it when it comes to sports and entertainment. They're a huge passion of mine since I was a kid was sports entertainment as in professional wrestling. Uh, I remember being four years old and my first memory was just being terrified of this guy in a big red mask his name was Kane and there was always fire for some reason wherever he was around and that just pulled me in and when I was a kid I remember oh I want to be a wrestler because I want to stop this bad guy and I've just held on to that love for 23 years now have your has have your feelings evolved on Kane at all in the past 23 years Oh, I love I, I I love Kang. Uh, he's actually <laughs> the uh, character that portrayed him, or the person that portrayed the character, Glenn Jacobs. He's actually mayor of Knox County, Tennessee, or something. Yeah, I, th- I think I read about that like two or three weeks ago. Uh, he's a mayor of some town, and I had n- absolutely no clue that that was true. It's it's pretty funny. There was he, a there was also that. a. Uh, is his name Jesse Ventura? Jesse Ventura, yeah. He was the governor of Minnesota at one point. Minnesota, yeah. I heard, learned about that a couple weeks ago. I know someone from Minneapolis, and they had mentioned it, and it totally blew my mind. Yeah, there's there's been um, a good handful of professional wrestlers that have moved on to politics. And I mean, even with uh, the owner of WWE's wife, Linda, she was a big cabinet member of uh, Trump's uh, administration yeah and I, don't, I think she is she has since left but I knew that that's probably been the biggest one speaking of uh, like moving um, we have you heard of the NFL punter Pat McAfee I have I <laughs> I have a lot of opinions on him I he's funny but He's moving over to, he'll yes. be on NXT. Yeah, that's tonight. I was going to watch it, but I'm just like, oh, stay in your lane, bud. You were, <laughs> I mean, it's cool if like a quarterback does it, but you were a punter. So. <laughs> that's funny. What, one of the, I think, I things I uh, posted about the other day was uh, how much talent and creative expertise that we have wasted when we, Uh, tell kids that their entire life's purpose is to earn a livable wage Mm -hmm. and how we move kids into 
careers and someone who might have been an excellent excellent artist or an excellent speaker or something ends up working at a company that produces I don't know some kind of mid-level product and we are losing the loves and compassions that way I think I saw or heard someone say that one of the Facebook texts or some giant company said that they they have some of the smartest minds in the world trying to figure out how to make people click ads and so I think we're moving away from a world that values passions and mm-hmm. creativity and arti- artistic expertise and yeah. what do you think about that? No, definitely. So, uh, and something that I kind of uh, lately with the way the world is in right now, quarantine, social distancing, uh, this pandemic era, there's been a lot of time for self-reflection because you are more isolated than ever before and something that i've really come to realize is when it comes to creativity when it comes to passion i think i've i've made this up i think i'm my creativity is introverted explain that for me now inside my mind i see how my future's playing out i see the big goals i see the bright lights all of that but I can't express it into words and I can't really explain it to people but if people could see what was going on inside my mind they would understand right one of the things that I go ahead I well like what I was saying what I was thinking was there's a lot of people probably like that if it, it can't just be me and maybe they're introverted because they feel locked down based off where their current situation is whether you know they're working a minimum wage job you know they're a hostess at a restaurant right now but inside you know they could be they have the mindset of steve jobs just someone who could be become a savage business uh businessman and just is ready to change the world but they feel locked down and they don't want to express their creativity because of their surroundings right do you think that is more of an internal thing or do you think of it's an external thing such as some kid who may be a genius or may be a wonderful artist but they don't have the resources to express it so they may go to some small school small rural school in western south dakota and they are on free and reduced lunch and they're living in poverty, but they don't have the access to resources. Their school might not even have an art class, but they have the potential within them. And that also goes to the question of whether kids have potential from the beginning, like when they're created, but also if your potential can increase the more that you participate in stuff, if that makes sense. I think there's a pressure when it comes to the word potential. When you think of that, you think grand, you think big. I was just speaking with someone the other day where they just said they love office work. 
and that's if that's all they want to do and that's what they're passionate about and that's their potential then what what's the difference between that and someone who's about to become an oscar winning actor or some amazing composer that's that the, that's their pinnacle of love and passion so you know what is what determines what yeah i'm try the thing about me also if we want to just go ahead and say this is uh sometimes i'm just going to not make sense with my words uh i used to be an actor so i'm better with a script uh but people everyone has different passions and potential and if someone wants to just be working in an office selling Who are we to say that that's not what they're destined to be exactly i mean we need someone in every every level of everything that makes a lot of sense would that be would that be i don't know i don't know the word would that be wrong to try to move them to what we consider more for them if that is all that they want mm-hmm. um there's i wouldn't say it's wrong but if if this why not this if they you have this i want to work in you know an office i want this job okay but now what if we could turn that into being a manager and then what if we turn that into being uh an owner then a ceo and you know what where does it stop yeah that makes a lot of sense one uh question that i have i mentioned this in the introductory episode but one of the things that i believe about myself is that i'm a genius and that may not be true on some people's scales we may only consider geniuses to be Galileo and Aristotle and and other fantastic people that are in our history books but also I believe that what you believe about yourself is what you will become so if you believe that you are not going to pass uh, an exam then your chances dip slightly on passing the exam and so I choose to believe that I am a genius so that I will maybe become one one day. Yeah, I um I since quarantine and everything I've been getting really into golf and I read this article about someone who is a golf psychiatrist and something they mentioned was ego over mindset. Now your mindset going into a hole is okay, I'm not that good at golfing. I hope I can at least get a par or a bogey. But what if you go in with ego you go in saying i'm about to birdie this hole when you have that level of confidence walking up to the tee you that confidence makes you feel good feel good you play good uh and there's a point where you have to bet on yourself and you have to have that confidence and have to express some egotistical tendencies i would say 
when when is it going too far? When, when it, it stops becoming a reality, your, when it's when it's that, and it and now you're breaking away from your original goal and passions. Okay. When now it's not about you pursuing your passions; it's about pursuing. I don't know how to say that. Do you think that every job or every career or every passion okay so do you think that every to subset this question do you think that every career can be someone's passion yes okay do you think that every career or passion can change the world no yes and no no as in because no offense but if you just like being a pizza delivery person but you're also delivering food and nourishment to someone exactly exactly but then you but what if you love that so much and you deliver pizza to someone that inspires them they see how much you love it that inspires them to then do something so that's where it's like yes but i mean we uh Currently, Papa John's isn't changing the world right now. I think he was actually doing like the exact opposite. Uh, <laughs> do you know you know what I'm trying to say? Yes, I know exactly what you're trying to say. I actually saw a new restaurant open in Oklahoma City where they had mentioned Pizza Hut, but they had like this retro arcade mm-hmm. game, uh, and they serve it by the slice so that you can like play in the retro thing. But speaking of that. Uh, we and I know that you're into vinyl, and so what do you mm-hmm. think about the, these things that are coming back into our everyday life that were not a part of, like they were popular and then they stopped being mm-hmm. popular, and then they're nostalgic and popular today. What's yeah, your, that's... what's your whole take on that? Do you do you listen to vinyl because you like the way it listens to, it, or do you listen to it because it's nostalgic? Well, it's not. I wouldn't say I feel nostalgic because I was born in 1996, so vinyls were already moved out. We were, they, it was tapes and then CDs at that point. Um, I enjoy the, now with the digital age, you don't, you just have it with you. This, it's physical. You hold it. You, there's a different sense of joy, you know, going to a store and being able to find something and hold on to it. Um, I do believe for some people they uh, like the nostalgia like it reminds them of their childhood and uh, rekindles like uh, happiness that they had as a kid but for me with vinyl or anything that's deemed retro or coming back um, I think it's cool to celebrate that it's I didn't, I wasn't around for it originally. So it's cool to now get to experience it. So then when I'm older, then it'll be nostalgic. Okay. Do you think these Uh, things move out once they have come back? Or do you think that they're here to stay? I think the way this generation is, 
I real I do think that everything that's kind of coming back, Polaroid cameras, digital cameras, or not what digital cameras, the uh, reu- the disposable cameras. Polaroid. Yeah, and vinyls and even cassette tapes. Those are this generation is craving joys from the past. I think they're just going to hold on to it and just continue it. Also, when it comes to vinyls, it's like every new album comes out. Digital, CD, cassette, vinyl now. Back maybe like say yeah, I saw, five years ago. I saw like, Laney share that they had ran out of vinyls to sign for their upcoming album. Hot take about Laney. Mama's Boy. Hot take about Laney. It better not be anything negative because I love them. It's absolutely negative because one person said, you need to listen to them. They're like the 1975, but better. And I was like, that's not how you approach someone (laughs) by telling them, hey, you know the thing that you love, the band you love so much? Well, listen to this band because they're better than what you love. And so now I've just kind of been against Did you know? Did you know that their lead singer is from Tulsa? Uh, well, my mom was born in Germany, and she's not Hitler, so I mean, I don't know. I, well, then maybe that you thinking them negative would be that they're positive, since your mom is not the negative thing. Anyway, anyway, what, 1975 are better, and <laughs> one that's of, that's a hill I'll die on. So you spoke about our generation. One of the one of the hot takes, and speaking of hot takes. One of the things that I believe about our generation, hot take, is that we are outside of America's greatest generation, which was the generation that grew up from the Great Depression through the end of the Second World War and fought. What made them the greatest generation? They fought in the Second World War in Vietnam and Korea, and they underwent the Great Depression. Anyway... I believe that our generation, 90, let's say 90, born in the 90s through early 2000s, will be known as not only America's generation, but the the world's, at least the second second generation, but possibly the greatest generation. I think that there are too many young minds today that are brilliant that have drive, that have initiative. And I think that one of the things about our generation is that we have more of an open care for Mm -hmm. other people than previously. Not to like harp on older generations, but I think some of the things that they went through in their history and things that they had learned from their generations past, but I feel like we, whereas the generation before, they're holding on to the beliefs and things that they have held on to and grown for generations past and we are sort of breaking away from our parents' yeah. generations and separating ourselves. Yeah. I wouldn't say that they're the greatest generation. I think what makes That us would include your grandpa, possibly. Yeah, and I mean I love my grandpa, God rest his soul, but I mean the that generation was very much told what to do. Right. You you go to war, you go to work. You clean the house. You cook for your husband. This generation is currently, right now, trying to heal the wounds that the that generation started. Right.
we get a lot of a lot of disagreement for it by yeah, generations past. Exactly, yeah. We're still trying to put out the fires from that generation. This generation has um, creativity in forms of, you know, in some ways it's bad, but some idiotic child can just become instantly famous based off one dance video. Like, there's... And I'm not saying that's, like, the ultimate, you know, like, goal, but now we're really not told what to do as much. Right. I think that we are stamping our name in the concrete as the world's greatest generation from people who I'm not going to include myself in this, but from people as young as, I mean, I have two books on my bookshelf of people who are younger than me, you know, yeah, like Malala Yousafzai, who was shot in the head by the Taliban and won the Nobel Peace Prize as the youngest person ever fighting for girls' education to Greta Thunberg. And those are not even people that live in our country. Who exactly. Greta Thunberg, who's trying to save the world via climate change. And to, you know, people today in our country who are ordinary people and they are doing, going out of their way to help people and I don't think it's really a burden on us to help people. But let's move to healing. I know this is, uh, you weren't happy to talk about healing. Uh, we, if anyone doesn't know, listening, both you and I had a very, very close friend pass away four years ago. Jeez, four? Yes, four, year, four years ago in a month. And... Mm-hmm. At some points, it doesn't feel like I ever knew him at all, you know? Mm-hmm. And the way that I healed, I don't, I'm not even sure that I gave myself time to heal. I just kind of, okay, that's over. Let's see what can distract me right now, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, during... Um... Yeah, this is, so this is kind of our uh, origin story of our friendship. Yes. Almost, in a way. We were acquaintances. acquaintances before through another mutual friend. We would go to lunch together. Uh, our discussions involved J. Cole, the NBA, and spicy nuggets at Wendy's. Speaking and of J. Cole, he might sign with, uh, who was it, the Pistons? Did you see that? Is he even good? Apparently. They, the Detroit's I mean, if you, can, yeah, if you can make it to the league, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> well, Lonzo Ball made it to the league. So. Well, and yeah, and he's uh, probably <laughs> one of the best passers in the league. Um, <laughs> anyway, and, uh, we're, and we're his we're brother's healing. about to be the number one draft pick. So. We're he- <laughs> second draft pick, Anthony Edwards. Anyway, um, we're healing. Uh, yeah, so that's how first I was, I know, knew you. Then, you know, I, that was my senior year, so I was doing my own thing and you were a junior you were doing your own thing so we, we weren't in the same cliques but we would just go to lunch sometimes randomly together now fast forward you you've been graduated you were literally starting college so i had i don't even know what i was doing in my life uh we that summer really 
built us together. Now, during that time of pain and sadness, a lot of things did blossom. First right. off, our friendship that we, uh, it was almost became inseparable at one point. And then more blossoms is you and your now wife. Right, exactly. Some of the things that we were able to, it's kind of like whenever you, I don't flowers have to grow out of dirt. You know what I'm saying? Um, And so while that was a difficult time for both of us, we both gained something out of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think that uh, we do you think that we would be friends had that summer and him passing away had not happened or at least as close as we are? I think some things would have been different but even before he was admitted back to the hospital we started getting really tight. Yes. Uh, big remember a big one was he had buffalo, <laughs> leftover buffalo wild wings in the fridge and I asked we were at your house and I was like, hey, are you going to finish these? And he was like, no. And I ate them. And then he was like, oh, bro, who invited this guy? So we were <laughs> hanging out before he, he got admitted to the hospital. And, uh, and, and then even that's... you were to my house the night that he had died. Mm-hmm. We ended up living together mm-hmm. for some time. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, what, what, are, what do you think are good ways to heal and what are not good ways to heal? Yeah, so I can really talk on not good ways because it's the what things I do. Uh, I, with, with Swift, I, I came to terms with it. I had my moments where I really, you know, it really broke me. Um, and I think with that, I went through it properly. And I think I did okay because then I focused kind of, well, I have to pour my, I was pouring my love into him. I, I remember every day I would go see him. And instead of the first thing you would say to someone is hello, instead I would say, you look good. Because I just wanted him to know that these four walls he's surrounded by right now is not defining him right. and that you know he's still he's still human and I wanted him to just know that you know like to feel feel good about himself and so I would say you look good I say that when I see him to this day if I go visit uh, his grave uh, I so then I switched my love onto you and I really started caring about my friends more deeply and passionate. And so I feel like I healed from that better than I thought I would. Right. One of the things that I think about healing um, is kind of really a base for how we exist is that humans were not created to live alone. Humans were not created to be by themselves and thrive by themselves uh, because everything automatically gets better whenever you're in a relationship with someone, whether it be a friend or a mentor or a partner. We are all created for relationships with people. And I think that whenever we do, it doesn't have to be necessarily 
something as tragic as a friend passing away but anytime we face trauma or a difficult situation we're able to move through it more succinctly and better whenever we do have those relationships to kind of bounce off of exactly now when i would mention you know like oh what what's not right to do i felt like through after swift i was doing things right and this isn't let's play pity hour for christian um i've since experienced that two other times in different ways right i lost another really good friend in a freak accident that i that one i tried to distract myself i got into a relationship that was very unhealthy it was purely physical and very aggressive aggressive and it was just bad but i was just trying to distract myself then when i lost my grandpa to this day i don't even think i've wrapped my head around it because i'm just trying to distract myself right so i distract yourself when healing embrace it you it's it happened be aware of it it's okay to cry it's okay to be sad but don't let that define you like i now for the rest of my life will do everything i do is in honor of those three right that makes a lot of sense one of the whenever he passed away i really didn't and i'm a crier i cry at commercials over sad dogs and i will we will be watching a movie and my wife will be in tuned and watching it and i will be over there crying um i mean we both cried our eyes out when we watched remember me exactly yes uh is that one of the first times that we kind of really hung out or was that later uh was that i think it was somewhere in the middle actually is that with you and mcgowan no, that was uh, Robert Pattinson. Robert that Pattinson, was the, uh, yes. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. that movie. What's that, that other movie. movie with Ewan McGowan? Where he's in a wheelchair? Oh, oh, we lost our minds we lost that one. Me, me, me before you? Yes, that's that was it. That one ruined us, too. Yeah. And then we watched Magic Mike, and we were okay. <laughs> one of... Uh, but yeah, you, you, um, I'm, oh yeah, I'm a crier, but whenever I, and, but I didn't really cry whenever he had passed away. Actually, you were the first person that I hugged after he passed away. Um, and I cried, but after that, I really didn't cry, but I will cry driving down the road, thinking about him or, I will watch Grey's Anatomy and someone who has cancer on the episode will like cause me to cry. But I don't know. It was just very weird. It was different healing than I thought it would be. That first initial shock was really just like numbing. Um, And I remember crying that night. They were going to do like a, hey, after a football game, let's pray. And they didn't know that he had passed they just had planned this right and then once we had gotten there people started kind of wondering and then they made the announcement and i remember you spoke up yeah and that's i also 
I would d- describe that as not typical for you, but you had so much love and compassion for him that it caused you to speak up. And I remember walking and they made the announcement over the intercom of the football stadium. And I was like, I saw my good friend Courtney's mom, who's a teacher, walking up to me. And they made that announcement. And I remember just crying and like flopping into her arms. Right. So that was the first moment. Uh, other situations happened after, which kind of numbed us a little bit more. And But yeah, I definitely, there are moments where I definitely just like cry. But when you didn't cry, I remember thinking about this. When you weren't crying, I was kind of worried. And then I saw things blossoming and I said, we're going to be okay. <laughs> right. I mean, even after then, we, I feel like, at least myself, uh, went into a very, very deep depression and very high anxiety to where every time we ate, we would throw up. Um, except for that time that we convinced the either Logan's or Texas Roadhouse waitress to give us free dessert because our friend had just passed away. <laughs> And (laughs) she was, we asked if they had free dessert because uh, our friend had just passed away and she had heard of him. So we got free dessert. Um, I remember we went to Chick-fil-A the day of the funeral and we were all like wearing the same stuff and we pulled up to the Chick-fil-A drive-thru and they're like, oh, why do you guys all look so nice? And we're like, we're going to a funeral. (laughs) And they just like shut that lady down. (laughs) That is... That's funny. Yeah. But um, it's a lot of in, in these last two or three minutes, uh, what are some last things on your mind that you would like to wrap up or cover or any questions, thoughts, concerns? Man, I, I didn't even know we were wrapping up. I was ready to go for three hours. Um, I, I, so a big question I've had for you is now that you are a father, Yes. Now that you've had time to experience being a father, would you say that you could have, you would have been ready to be a father sooner or would you have been okay with maybe even or waiting longer? So one of the things, one of my core beliefs is that absolutely nothing happens on accident. Mm -hmm. Um, Or even some people that say, oh, I almost died in that car accident or whatever. I don't Did I tell you I almost died in a car accident? So I don't believe that you almost died in a car accident, and I'll explain it. But, uh, you know you did not tell me. But if they survived, they were always going to survive that day no matter the car accident or not. And so one of the things and so like our friend swift had cancer seven times and no matter how many times he had cancer no how many times he was close to death he was always going to die on that day from the seventh time having cancer uh so i believe everything happens on accident or everything happens on purpose and nothing happens on accident so i think that i would not have been ready sooner nor later but i was ready for the exact perfect time that i was or became a father Mm mm-hmm and my daughter is named after our friend who had passed away. Uh, and so I feel that that is even a further part of healing. Because mm-hmm. she gives me just as much joy as, as he did. I met, I met someone the other day with the name Angel Swift. I have not. 
there was a, a girl that I had in class and her last name was Swift and I had never like other than our friend who had that name I have yeah ne- had never heard it before but I hear it more often now mm-hmm. yeah it's usually it's, it's a weird way to do it um sent you know you had mentioned um you know the anxiety anxiety and stuff uh how what what is that like now being a father being married is it is it still prominent or is it just still there or do you think it's you've had it you are now surrounded by enough to make you I guess you can never really get rid of anxiety, kind of. But. I don't. I don't think you can. But one of the things that I think is that there are some people who, like, there was a speech that happened the other day, and someone had commented that as they continued to speak, their blood pressure levels just kept going down, and their anxiety kept going down. And so I think that it's with the same with people. The more you're in contact, the more you're in relationship with people, the more your shoulders, when they're they're tense and up toward your ears, the more they continue to lower and you get more relaxed. So I believe that with my wife, with my child, with my friends that I continue to build more relationship with, the more that I continue and love them and they love me, the less anxious, the less depressed, the less stressed that I've yeah. Gotcha. Hmm. I don't think anxiety didn't really hit me until well after. I think once after we had after I had moved back from Oklahoma City, that's when everything kind of started hitting me with that. And then recently being told that I, I have ADHD has just been a new whole world. We have three minutes left, so let's talk about that real quick. Okay, uh, I have ADHD. Um, you don't really. It only made sense once I had the once the label was presented to me. I was right, like, that makes a lot of now sense. Now it all, yeah, now it makes all so much sense. And I've been reading into it, finding out things. When you're ADHD, um, you have a, I can't remember the term, but it's just like that's a reason why I love things so deep. I have to just dive so deep into it and know everything. Wow. Um, that's. And I was like, "Thank now I know." Thank is you. it passions or the things that you just come across? Yeah, it's just like interests. Like if you like genuinely are so interested in something, you have to like know everything it, about know it. it exactly. And like, and it makes so much sense. It there has been challenges. Like, there's always been a challenge because I've had it my whole life. I've just now been labeled with it or I've just now been aware that I've had it so does it change the way you act once you've been labeled by it it I watch myself and it has affected like trying to have relationships past like maybe say two partners that I've um, had I just they they would get annoyed that I would be kind of all over the place and I was like I can't help it right one of so the, that's been kind of tough. I don't have diagnosed ADD, not ADHD, ADD, and but I the more I read into it, the more that I'm convinced that I have it, or maybe the more that I'm 
re- I read into it the more that I think that I have it, but I don't actually, but I might act that way because I think I have it. Anyway, it makes sense because I can't pay attention for more than five minutes at a time on things. And I will think yeah. about something and go into a different conversation. Uh, so without much structure and everything then I don't but it it made sense on other things so I noticed it whenever I was reading a book that I couldn't really pay attention but it also heightens your senses so how I am sensitive to light and sound if I hear Mm -hmm. a real loud quick sound it'll make my ears ring but Mm -hmm. I didn't understand that until that I had read about it with ADD but I catch myself saying whenever something happens i will just say oh it's because i have add but it's different not change the way i act once i have labeled myself that yeah like how you mentioned like sounds and stuff that's how i have like sensations like i can feel like any like thing like on my body just like the smallest of like pains or itch or something i just like i it becomes my 100 percent focus and right um, one of my love languages is physical touch but at the on the other end i'm physical i'm sensitive to touch so sometimes i will say like i don't want you to lay your arm on mine or your leg on my leg because i'm so sensitive at the moment exactly well christian it has been the most absolute joy to have you on out in the open um you're my best friend i love you you have a kind heart brilliant mind and i look forward to where we're going yes thank you so much uh i'm honored that you wanted to have me on here uh i love you last two things i can honestly say is lebron is better than jordan and r.i.p pop smoke and black lives matter You know, I was actually going to mention that earlier because you had mentioned a subcategory in basketball. And I was going to say Michael is the prime category and LeBron is a subcategory. But well, that's for another day. That can be that, that could be a whole docu-series of just our debates. Of it would be it would be longer than the actual Jordan documentary. Just me and yeah. you arguing about it. Exactly. Awesome. Well, I will see you next time. And... Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next week.